This is the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Do it. Hey guys, Bowtie Guy here once again with a brand new show for you. It's our fifth year. Uh, welcome to year five. Uh, give yourself a high five right now. Uh, our word of the week this week is bloviate. Uh, and uh, I've invited Lowry back on, and hopefully we're not going to bloviate. But to bloviate is to talk at length um, in an empty way, to say a whole lot about nothing. I used to have a production company. I had two production companies for video. One was Spectacles Productions. The other was Exabache. And Exabache is a, a Native American word that means he who says much, meaning nothing. And that was my one for just way out projects and whatnot. And so I, I'm hoping that we're not going to bloviate here uh, on your, your day today. But uh, that's what we got. So give yourself five points for every time you use that word uh, today or throughout the week and uh, impress your friends with it. Uh, I want to just get a couple of things out up front. If you want to help uh, donate to the show, uh, we are 100% listener supported. So you can text the word mum to 760-WALLS-CA, which winds up being, being 925-5722, and that'll get you to our text to give. But we're here with a couple of different times. I'm out in uh, Nashville, so I thought I would take up the time to, to get together with Kyle a couple more times. So I've got a couple of conversations with him today. Uh, one that we're about to have, another one is one that we had hanging off the side of a building in downtown uh, Nashville uh, a few days ago. So that was kind of a cool thing too, but we'll put those in here, put some music in it as well. But I want to talk to you, Kyle, about just one or two songs here. And so the first one that you, you talked to me about here is um, this song Way Out. And we'll play it for the people um, and, and, and give you 90 seconds. I'd give them the whole thing, but then, you know, uh, iTunes comes after me for giving away music. Uh, so we're going to give you 90 seconds of Way Out um, right now. Ocean of emotion, but I'm never quite sure. Washed up on the sand, salt water in my lungs. Stranded on this island, look what I've become. My bones are barnacles, suffocating in the sun. Cast away with no will, son. I'm the only one that I can do to get through to the other side. In the darkness, just like the other night. Hitchhiker's guide, looking for my other ride. Find my way out, guess I'll give it another try. Then I hear that still small voice. Remember, you always have a choice Cancel out their frequency, find everything you need in me You've been far from home, but I'll get you where you need to be I don't know if this road leads home, but I gotta find my way out I don't know if this road leads home, but I gotta find my way out I don't know if this road leads home, but I gotta find my way out I don't know if this road leads home you to write these these words the word solitude is is really at the heart of this um this song and 
also feeling lost mm. and, and unable to really navigate yourself out of feeling lost and, and feeling like you are closed off, you are by yourself, I'm going it alone. Um, I My mind was just in a place where I was imagining, okay, what would happen if I'm, I'm just like locked in this room? Um, and I started thinking about also different word pictures or ways to describe solitude. And I, I thought of the movie uh, Castaway, mm-hmm. you know, Tom Hanks stranded and he's got his only companion is Wilson. Wilson! Being stranded by yourself, unable to navigate and and really learning um, what what's essential as a human. And one thing we learned from that movie is companionship and relationship. And so solitude's a great thing if it's done correctly. Um, solitude can be uh, debilitating if it's something that really defines your life, if you're cut off. You know, I've had uh, conversations with the fellas in my prison classes about that concept and the idea of, of solitude versus isolation hmm. and that there's a value in solitude and going and getting away and, and getting with God and, and shutting everything out. But, but isolation, you know, and, and, and withdrawing from the rest of society and not having any communication is detrimental and it's not what we're built for. You know, we're built for relationship. That's, that's why God made us was, I hate to say, you know, by putting it in Paul terms, but he was bored and, and wanted a, a playmate. And ta-da, here we are. Uh, so, I mean, we're built to be in relation with other people, but there is value in, in solitude. No, it's a good distinction. Um, I love that. Solitude versus isolation. And I think for me, the other interesting thing in Scripture is when you think about that, you see Jesus seeking out um, solitude. Mm-hmm. You know, you see uh, the prophets, you know, Elijah, he heard God's still small voice in solitude. And I just think in today's day and age, we are so connected, and I'm using air quotes right now, um, that we are so disconnected. We, we are obsessed with the casinos in our pockets. Uh, we're obsessed with the, the dopamine factory that is our phone. And, and it's something that just creeps in ever so slightly. And then all of a sudden it dominates your world. And, and honestly, I think for me, life online, I don't think there's any genuine like social, it's hard to say that, but I don't think you can substitute social interaction face to face with social media. Or mm-hmm. can it be a, like we can go into the weeds on this? Like, can it be used? Da, 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 da. I'm talking about people that rely, they depend on, and they substitute, and they think they're convinced that oh, I can text someone and I'm communicating with them. Yeah. No, you're not. Like you're 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 taking like one of the worst approaches you know yeah um so i just i have a heart for that and i think we're a very isolated society i think our our people are are facing a lot of their issues spiritually mentally even physically because of our lack of connection so i wrote this song way out just begging the question in our world today even if you're not locked up physically even if you're not stranded on an island physically you might just be uh, needing a way out. You might be needing to find, how do I es- 
escape the the chains of of I don't know I don't really don't know how to put that in words but like how do I escape this prison of life where I'm around people but I feel alone or mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I I'm with people and I don't know how to talk to them and I notice that there's people that don't make eye contact ever they don't know how to really even talk to me at the store I'll, I'll go and I'll be at I don't know the grocery store and I ask someone for help and if they're under the age of 30 they a lot of times you know they're like shying away and they don't know how to like speak up and, right. and speak um, clearly or they mumble or and sometimes that's age but I think a lot of it has to do with there's just people that have lost the art of connecting and feeling like they have relationships with others right and so and then my my cure that I offer because um, I say solitudes, <clears throat> excuse me, solitudes, my sickness, I can't find the cure. And that's, um, I say ocean of emotion, but I'm never quite sure. And that for me is just this idea that solitude um, in that in that regard, when it is an isolating event, when it is something that starts to define your life, um, I believe it's because we are we're so bombarded with everything but God's voice. Mm-hmm. So I, I have the ending of the song. I have this bridge that I just repeat yeah, kind of yeah. hypnotically. Mm-hmm. And it brings you to this big finishing moment of this is your answer. Um, there's always that still small voice. And then I pause in the song and I say, remember, you always have a choice. And then it goes into the bridge cancel out their frequency find everything you need in me you've been far from home but i'll get you where you need to be mm-hmm. and that's supposed to be god's word kind of encapsulated in those four lines that you always have a choice and you can choose to cancel out their frequency find everything you need in me you've been far from home but i'll get you where you need to be and that for me I, I, I bear hugged that quote and I started to live that quote in my life and that's what got me out. Yeah. Well, and it occurred to me as we were listening to this song and, and that it's funny because the notes that I wrote down, still small voice um, and you've been far from home but you'll get where, but I'll get you where you need to be. And it occurred to me that, that you know, when I'm lost, I'm not inventing a way out. You know, the, the, the mouse in the maze is not inventing. They're discovering a way that's already there. Yeah. They're, they're searching and finding through trial and error or whatever it is. They're finding the way that whoever made the maze has made. And God has a way for us. I'm not, I don't have to create it. I, I don't have the power to create the way out. But, I mean, I can just walk into walls and keep turning right until I, I get out. I mean, I can dumb luck my way and just brute force my way out if I have the persistence and 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 trust that that there's something there you know I, I I take that leap of faith knowing that God's going to provide it I'm not just wandering in a room that's that's dark well and I, I think what's what's also key is we have such a loud noisy confusing world and Attention is what everybody's competing for. Mm-hmm. And your eyes and your ears are what's at stake. Because the world is smart enough to know media, like 
can influence your eyes and your ears, which can influence your decision making and your dollars and your actions and your ha- I mean your whole life. It, it it comes through what you hear and what you see and what you experience and then the actions you build in light of that. And I had a pastor friend tell me one time we were talking about the book of James that faith without works is dead. You know, you say you have works, but I'll I'll, I'll prove my faith by my works, kind of a thing where. He basically summarized it that your belief affects your behavior. Mm-hmm. And you can't really put the cart before the horse in that regard. Um, your belief affects your behavior. But I would even take it a little further that like, okay, if you're lost and you maybe you're hearing this and you're like, well, Kyle, I'm not, I'm not really a Christian or I am a Christian, but I don't really read God's word like that. I don't really read the Bible you you basically are you're trying to navigate that maze with just tons of different voices yelling at you left right straight up down yeah and you're getting bombarded um but you're refusing to turn those off you're refusing to like silence those and then tune in to god's voice yeah and like you said paul like the the answer's right there like any one of us can get a bible and you can you can find resources of people who know Jesus and talk to them, but you, you some people would rather get a self help book or you know try to maybe let, just look inward and just kind of fit. and you're not going to manufacture anything that's going to compete with no. God's voice. No, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, and and that's the whole point of the song is if you want to find your way out in life, Jesus says. In John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And and so if you want true life, if you want that, that it's only accessed in Christ. And so I think when like John 6 happened in the Bible, when Jesus and the disciples are there and some of the disciples heard a hard word. They heard Jesus speak, and a lot of them stopped following him. And they're like, whoa, it's getting a little too real. That was kind of a tough word. Jesus looked at the 12 and said, are you gonna, are you out as well? Are you going to desert me as well? And, and Peter said, you know, Lord, you have the words of eternal life. Like, where else would we go? Where else are we going to go? And I, I think that's at the heart of this song, um, whether you're physically uh in in a in a prison or whether you're socially in a prison or maybe you spiritually just feel on the outskirts the answer is always going to be turning down the voice of the world and cranking up the voice of god yeah and, and there's no real in between there no we we have a game called hearing things and you put these this little can headphones on and then person talks to you and you try to read their lips and see what they're saying and the headphones are to block out the sound and they're not blasting like Metallica. It's just a whole bunch of mm. people talking. Wow. And just muddled voices. Yeah. And I remember being on stage one time um, at the Greek theater in LA and I'm there in front of this whole audience and we were doing a contest on trivia and the, the audience was trying to shout the answers to me. But because everyone was shouting, I couldn't understand a oh word that they were saying. Yeah. It's like, I don't, just stop. You're just... You're confusing me, and the world will do that. It's everyone here. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. If you post something on Instagram oh or Facebook, you get a thing. Hey, boost this post it's, so you can make you know more noise. And and the world is it, like you said, you know, clamoring for our attention. Yeah, and, and, and we just need to focus on the one. 
Yeah, and, and I think another, this was a funny one that kind of happened is um, my wife has been volunteering at a, she volunteered at her church on Easter Sunday, and she was in a room where she walks in, and um, she was in the group of two to three-year-olds, and so she's surrounded <laughs> by, you know, uh, 20 to 25, two to three-year-old children. Wow. And she, yeah, she's in there with, I think, two other leaders, and so they're kind of corralling the kids around and taking role and learning all the names. And she noticed something that when the parents showed up, you've got these little humans, you know, kind of in this ocean of little bodies. And they're just kind of running around and bumping into each other. And, and then when the dad would show up, he would say, hey, I'm here for so-and-so. And it was so cool how she described it because the kid would look really like fearful and kind of confused and like lost and all the adults looked like blobs to them probably like they can't really distinguish. But the second the kid would hear his dad say his name, Mm -hmm. his whole demeanor changed. His my wife said that he just was so excited and then he immediately was able to kind of weave his way through the the little mob of, of other kids and run up and and bear hug his dad. And I think that's such an accurate picture of how it is with the Lord is, is like John chapter 10 is, I just, I just pulled that one up. Yeah. My sheep hear my voice. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And it says, we don't know the voices of strangers. That's another key part is, is we know God's voice, but they're not, it also says his sheep don't hear the voices of strangers. I think that's the part that maybe some Christians neglect is how many strangers' voices are you allowing to dominate your life? Mm -hmm. And that was a good example, Paul, where you said that it wasn't even like Metallica blasting. It's just people murmuring or, or, and I can't tell you how many times when I've turned off, okay, I'm just not going to listen to X, Y, or Z or what this person's saying or what they're, and if I can just sit and be quiet and then tune in to what does God say on the issue? What does God say on the matter? How does God tell me to navigate this? Or, And it could be anything in life. But like, where are you taking your cues? Like, who are you listening to? Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's something that I think we've lost sight of. And, and because it's all like, oh, how can TV be bad? How can, it doesn't hurt. How can music be bad? How yeah. can... And it's like it doesn't have to be, but but when it when it becomes like all of that background noise and mm-hmm. and it dominates your airwaves, or in this case your earwaves, oh, like um, there's just no room left. You're not able to allow God to speak, and then you just kind of pencil God in on Sunday. Oh, I'll go hear a sermon, mm-hmm. but even that is kind of muddled and kind of like filtered through. Oh, we're just going to church on Sunday, and we hear. So there's no like difference. You're just you go to the gym, you go to church, you go to the bank. Where does where is God's voice any different? Yeah. Well, and we're here, you know, visiting for Bev's father's uh, memorial service and whatnot. And so we took a little bit of time to just go downtown. We went to the Country Music Hall of Fame, and then we went down uh, to Broadway, which I'd never gone down to Broadway. And it's basically the Vegas Strip condensed. But we were there at about. I think it was 1.30, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. People are just day drinking like nobody's business. And this is, you know, air quotes here, Bible Belt. It's no different. It's it's no different because people are letting those voices in and the voices are 
everywhere. Doesn't matter where you are, you're gonna hear those voices and you've gotta choose the ones that you listen to. Well, and what's it's funny, you said that and something popped in my head. I have, I have a coworker and it just cracks me up when the world catches up to the wisdom of God. It just, I always have this like Proverbs chuckle in my heart. You know, I'm like, dude, I've got like five Proverbs that like <laughs> support everything you just said that God wrote about way before your, your guy on a podcast said, yeah. hey. And like the Bible's very clear about like the effects of being drunk, right? And, and, and uh, you know, there's just so much there that, that would show you that, hey, you're be sober minded, you know, and there's this idea of life, you know, where you're a slave to the bottle and you're drinking all the time or, and it was just so interesting. My coworker was like, man, I haven't had a drink in a month and my brain is working phenomenally. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I hope this just keeps continuing. <laughs> and it was just this hilarious, like epiphany moment. Yeah. And like my coworkers, like, you know, they, they work and they go drink and they work and they go drink and the money they make, well, cool, more more booze. And for them, it's, it's just so funny to see them, not really funny, just kind of, I don't know, the Proverbs chuckle is what I call it, but I'm just sitting back, I'm like, guys, like, it's not just that. There's so many other things in life that God has spoken on, yeah. you know, and told you how to live and do. And it would go so much better for you if you listened to him. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's where like the legalism melts off for me, where I don't see it as like, tisk tisk, you had a drink. It's more of the idea of what's the best way to do this? What's the most healthy, wise approach to this life? And does it involve me drinking every night? Yeah, you know, and and, and just asking God, and 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 then being wise enough to say, you know what? pretty sure God's got a better grasp on this than me. Well, you know, it's it's like uh, you can fill in the the blanks if you hear, you know, Florida man, dot, dot, dot. Same yeah. thing. This one time I was drinking, yeah. and yeah, yeah. it's not going to be yeah. something really like, wow, that's a path I should follow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's mayhem and, and epic fail. Uh, I mean, the song Alcohol by Brad Paisley, I mean, case in point, mm-hmm. you know, and... and him just I mean it's a tongue in cheek kind of fun song but everybody gets it they're like yep I can probably if I listed my top five worst nights chances are mm-hmm. and and so that's just I don't know and that's just one example I'm not even yeah I'm not only talking about drinking I'm just the Bible is is a blueprint you know it shows you the foundations everything about the house I mean from the ground up and Jesus is the cornerstone and why would we ignore the master architect why would we ignore the creator and then substitute his voice for someone who's more qualified yep yep my janky wiring my dad my dad bought a uh, he went to the Waterford Crystal factory in Ireland Scotland somewhere wherever Waterford is he bought a chandelier shipped it home hung it from the ceiling in his house and mm. wanted it to be lit so bad he ran an extension cord oh. cut the plug oh. off the extension cord and just bare wire with wire nuts oh. and plugged it into the wall and i'm like dad you spent thousands on this crystal and you've got an orange extension cord 
going to the wall. Hey, but it works. No. He never oh, fixed no. that in his lifetime. It was oh. after he died that my mom finally brought in an electrician. And that's me. I take God's great house and I put up extension cords. <laughs> I, I, I stack ladders on chairs so I can reach oh. the light bulb. And oh, it's just, man. It's not, it's not smart. Well, Kyle, I, I see that we've got uh, way over the time that I was thinking that we'd do for this. And I'm, I'm not sorry that we got to talk to you more, but I do want to cut this off because we are going out to dinner next. Uh, so, uh, you know, the hunger is, is getting in the way. Thank you so much for, for doing this. Uh, remind the people where they can find your music. Yeah, uh, easiest way, go to YouTube, type in Lowry, L-O-W-E-R-Y, and then the phrase second chance. Uh, that'll introduce you to one of my music videos, and then just subscribe to that channel, Kyle Lowry, and um, stay tuned. Amen. All right. Well, thank you for being here. Don't forget to use the word of the week, bloviate. Uh, impress your friends with that. Don't forget if you want to uh, donate to the show, it's uh, 760 Walls CA. That's 925-5722. You can send me email at bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. You can also send me a text or just give me a phone call at 760-608-1942. People, it's year five. We, uh, we're having fun. We're rolling through. Uh, we're going to have to start counting on the other hand. Um, so thanks for being here this whole time. And we will see you next time we mess it up. Actually, that was a mess. I'm not ready to end the show yet. I got a whole nother section with Kyle. So I'm going to make a fun little noise here. And then it's going to go to an interview I did hanging on the side of a building with Kyle. And then after that, we'll see you next time we mess it up. You know the drill, people. Hey, guys. Bowtie Guy with Kyle Lowry. Lowry, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much, Paul. We are recording high atop. Well, not high atop, but we're on the fourth floor outside fourth on a balcony. Fourth floor. Batman building. Downtown. Nashville, we're across. right across from the, uh, what is that, the Bridgestone Arena? Bridgestone Arena, Hilton, and the Batman Building, the Batman AT&T. Building, AT&T. We'll get you a picture. We'll be looking on the yeah. Instagrams for the picture of us. But we, we came to an event today for the Men of Valor uh, here in uh, Tennessee. It's a prison ministry. Kyle invited me to come to this breakfast. And as we were walking out, we saw this little balcony. I was like, no way. It's too good to pass up. So we decided not to pass it up. We decided to come out here, and we've got our own little private balcony. It's like, you were right. You said it's like being on a cruise ship. Yeah, it's like we're, we're out here on the cruise ship just checking it out. It's fantastic. So you're going to hear some noise, some street noise, a little bit of ambient uh, stuff going on, but that's okay. Kyle, you came out to California. We yep. did some uh, Prison Fellowship Hope events. Tell me your – was this your first time being in a prison? Um. In a prison, yes. I, I've, I've done two juvenile hall events in the past where I've been in a, a juvenile facility, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, very, very new for me okay, being out and there. Have you ever had any locked up experience? Have you been on the I other side? I have not, Okay, no. all right. So, um, in terms of your expectations going in, and I know it's hard to say what you have because you don't really know, but just the stuff that you had in your head compared to now that you've been in and oh, out yeah. how does is there a comparison what what were some things that happened the way you thought what are some things that surprised you that's an excellent question yeah I that's all I do yeah excellent questions <laughs> <laughs> um expectations were huge uh for me that was actually a big battle mentally going into this where I I really did unfortunately have a lot of negative expectations that I was really trying to combat um 
I know it's really it's difficult in life when you you don't have any point of reference and you're going into uh, an experience like that. So, unfortunately, the week prior, I mean, two weeks prior, I I didn't feel very, I don't know, um, super confident really going in there because I I honestly thought that the dynamic was going to be awkward. I, I I honestly thought that oh my gosh, like these guys are just going to feel like obligated to listen to me or they're not going to feel like any sense of this guy knows how to speak to me or I always, I just had these really dark kind of expectations that these guys are going to think this kid's kind of a joke. Now is all of your knowledge, because for me when I went in, all of my knowledge is just based on what I've seen in TV and movies. Yeah, I I think a lot of that, like when we were on the yard, physically on the yard, I, I felt exactly that flash through my brain was like all these scenes from these different movies of prison fights or you know <laughs> and it was wild because I'm like oh this is where they actually play handball and basketball and I, I've seen videos of people live in in prison environments um, but most of those people it seemed like they they knew how to hold their own if that makes sense mm-hmm. it, it seemed like their personality maybe was maybe was more in tune with with like a a rougher background in, in a sense. Yeah. I, I, I did feel out of place in, in one sense of the word because, like you said, I, I haven't had any experience being locked up. Um, and so, yeah, I initially went in with kind of a disconnect. Well, and the first event that we did, your first experience was on the yard, Yeah. not inside. Yeah. Our sound system was... <laughs> uh, Lacking. That's the word. Uh, one of the things that was lacking was some necessary cables to connect things. So we had one microphone. You had your tracks on your computer. So we had to decide, do we want to have you hold up your laptop like it's, uh, you know, <laughs> say anything? Or do we want to mic the, the laptop and have you just rap? So you had to rap over top of that just with your voice to the guys. And now here you are. And I don't know what your situation on this is. But for me, I'd be like, okay... I'm the white dude trying to do the traditionally black music form in a prison with no mic. Who the heck am I? That's exactly the the sentiment. And I've always had a deep like reverence for hip hop in general. And and for those who don't understand the the difference when people say hip hop or they say rap, just a quick on that. But um, hip hop is the culture, and there's different elements of hip hop. There's you know, there's DJing, there's graffiti art, there's break dancing, um, and and all these different elements. One of them is is you know rap and and poetry and MCing, like being someone who is able to share a message, able to share, and that's really the root of it. And so for me, I've always had a reverence for the culture of hip hop as a as an environment where people spoke out against the problems that they saw in their community. So I'm always trying to I always try to walk into situations where yes, I am very aware that in the minds of some people any white guy who's rapping is a guest yeah. in the culture in a sense. And obviously we're in 2023, we're not in 1983 or like we're not in the early years of of the culture forming. So It blows my mind that you just said that and thinking okay, this music form is that old now that's 40 yeah. years brother why well, i know and i always and still think of it as like the new thing i know yeah and it's in in some ways it, it really in my mind like i've seen kind of just different stages of rap and hip-hop and rap as an art form 
is worldwide. I mean, there's people that rap in different languages, all different skin colors. So in some sense, if I was in the 90s, it, it might be more barriers. You didn't have an Eminem. You barely had a Beastie Boys on the rise. Like, so Wait, What about Vanilla Ice? Vanilla Ice, <laughs> you know? So now you've got people that are, you know, there's guys that rap in French. There's dudes that are going off in Swedish. I mean, just an unbelievable scene has erupted worldwide because the universal of it is, like I said, communicating your story with passion and with conviction. So for me, the way that I traverse those barriers of whether it's race or background or even like life experience, I just really try to hone in on that. I'm a voice and if you respect the craft of rapping, and that was what was so refreshing for me where these guys, a lot of these guys in there really do listen to rap and they understand rhyme scheme and they understand the structure and they understand wordplay. So when those guys came up to me and gave me the nod, Mm -hmm. That was such a, a game changer because I'm like, wow, they see that I've honed my craft over the years. I've, I've put in the work. I've respected the writing form. And so when you walk into that and you and you kind of get a nod from guys who understand what it takes to have chops, mm-hmm. you know, to have the, the gift of articulating your thoughts through rapping. I mean, if I went in there and I was whack and I, I just was not good at rapping... I wouldn't be able to blame anyone for not, you know, it's like, well, dude, you don't really respect what we're about. Right. And and I was watching, not you, I was watching the crowd and yeah. the, the people. And especially that first event on the yard, you got guys walking in and walking out. And we didn't have as many walking in as we had walking out. That's awesome. And the guys would come and they'd, they'd bump each other and be like, yeah, yeah, this guy's all right. You know, and I could see him giving yeah. you the approval. And we started off with like 18 guys and ended up with close to Almost, 50. Yeah, it was and, crazy. Um, that was that was awesome. Awesome thing. And just seeing their reaction to it. And then our second day that I was with you when we, you were in my home prison where I've been for five years and I really know the guys, I could see them relating. And... I was really hoping to get to connect with them afterwards and get their feedback because some of the guys in my class, I saw one, one guy was sitting up front and he was like feeling it. And, and this is a guy that doesn't feel it in class. He's wow. a guy that shows up about 75% of the time and he's kind of quiet and doesn't necessarily participate. He was on board with what was going on with you. And uh, we had to come out for the, the, my father-in-law. So I didn't get a chance to mix it up with them, but it was just that was the thing I really noticed was the guys were in tune with you and one guy in particular, Eric, when you opened it up for discussion afterwards, like, man, yeah, you're dope. And I was like, Eric doesn't just throw around stuff like that. So, so that was cool. That was huge for me. That that respect is really that is kind of the thread that connects or doesn't connect. Like if you don't have that ground level of respect, like you said, this guy's all right. Um, I don't think people in, in rap and in hip-hop, they don't need you to be the best. They, they need you to be authentic, uh, and, and they need you to be great at your way of doing it. Mm-hmm. And if they recognize that and they say, okay, this guy's putting it all on the line, and he's not demanding that I meet him there, he's just putting it out there, that takes a lot of bravery and, for me, a lot of prayer and a lot of just God... I want you to be center stage. I don't want to leave this thinking that, oh, I pulled it off. You know, I, and that's what was so cool for me personally was God really opened my eyes to ministry isn't about, I'm going to muster up the, the strength or the faith or the boldness. It's quite the opposite. It's 
I'm going to acknowledge that I am depleted. I am empty. I got nothing to offer apart from what God has accomplished in my life. And if you start there, whether you're rapping, whether you're speaking, whether you're teaching, whether you're just talking to a coworker, God is able to use that infinitely more than if you were to say, God, I, I think I got 98% of this, but can yeah. you, could you help me out with the last 2%? God, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And even that second day, I felt really good that second day. Mm-hmm. And like you, you saw, like my, I think my best performance was that first session of that second day. But I remember distinctly before I went and grabbed the mic, I had a moment where I was like, man, I feel really good today. And then I paused and I said, but Lord, I, I need you just as much yeah. as I did when I, when I wasn't feeling great. Right. How did you craft your uh, set list? Because you didn't have a lot of time, so you had to. You couldn't just be like, "Here's the whole catalog." How did you pick what songs you were going to do? Was it targeted for that audience, or is it just uh, these are the first four songs on my playlist? Yeah. So I think for me, it it kind of boiled down to two things. Number one, it, it what did I feel most prepared to perform, just on an execution level? What uh-huh. am I most comfortable with? And the, the great thing there is none of these guys have met me. They've never heard my music. So they have zero point of reference for what I'm bringing. So that worked in my favor where I didn't have to cater to like maybe if I did something at my home church where like everybody might know some of the songs. Right. Like, oh, do this song. We like this song. These guys had no clue. So I, I really leaned into the ones that I naturally felt the most confident and comfortable and honestly the ones that are most fun for me. Yeah, because I have found as a rap artist, like if you're performing something that you love, it it definitely shows up. Yeah, and and just like you could relate, Paul, like just being able to speak on things that you're passionate about, it's, I mean, that's you have to go to that place. So, yeah. I did songs that I really am excited to share with people, um, but then secondly, I also wanted to pick some more of the impressive lyrical. Um, displays where I didn't want to pick simple songs as much. I wanted to showcase to like, like you said, like earn that, that approval, if you will. Cause I'm, I understand that's kind of the tax. It's like the toll that you have to pay to get into that, <laughs> to that yeah. room is you have to show that you've got bars. You've got to show that you have put in the work with your pen. You do understand how to, to spit, how to rap, how to give, um, yeah, give give cadence to the art form. And there was a, a time, I, I think it was the second uh, event of the second day, where your words got in the way of your tongue, yeah. and you just owned it, and uh, told the story about the, the pass the mic, yeah. uh, <laughs> which I thought was, was great. Um, uh, it, real quick, explain to him the, the please pass the mic. Yeah, so the nutshell version of that is my, my moment of biggest public failure uh with music was i was a sophomore in college my friend mark uh encouraged me to join him and his girlfriend in la for this hip-hop concert there's some christian rap artists that were doing a show for like 300 people and i had a crush on this girl at the time and so mark of course coerced me to go in and (laughs) bring her and you know hey you'll impress her on stage so i had all these motives of i'm gonna impress the girl i'm gonna hang out with my friend well, I get to this event and there's a talent portion where there's like an open mic where they do a competition. They had me and four other rap artists take the stage and Mark had told me about this prior so I was somewhat prepared. But the concept of the of the battle, if you will, 
is you get up and you get, do your best like two minutes of rapping. And if you're great, you stay. If you're not great and the audience deems you unworthy to continue to rap, they will start chanting, um, please pass the mic, as in hand the mic off to someone who knows how to rap. <laughs> and so I drew the short straw and went first. So I had to be the first lamb to the slaughter. And without a doubt, the worst experience as far as like execution goes. I got up there within 45 seconds of rapping. I It was like being on a 50-foot wave on a surfboard and then your legs just giving out. And you're like, this is not going to end well. So I had no way to recover when I forgot my lyrics in that moment. And these there was like 30 women in the front row that were from like a gospel choir. I think they came out as like a church. And they were like salivating at the moment. They were just so excited that I had failed. And they just erupted. Please pass the mic. Please pass. And everybody started chanting. And I got yanked. And so didn't work out with the girl. Praise God. And uh, my buddy bought me pancakes to make me feel better. Well, there you go. That's not bad. So uh, nobody asked you to pass the mic uh, when we were in the prison. Um, I'm going to ask you two questions. Well, I got I got two things. I was going to share my biggest moment yeah. on there, but I wanted to know your biggest takeaway. Do you want to hear mine first or do you want to share? So mine was when you and the band on the second day got together and just did a free form thing we had the, the worship team just started laying down a groove and you just uh freeformed over top of that and it was amazing 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 can you talk to us about how that happened what was the the, the groundwork for that because i didn't know that was going to happen it just all of a sudden happened yeah i i didn't know either until a few minutes prior so that's what the beauty of it was was <clears throat> dennis had joked he's like oh you guys should do something together and I'm usually resistant at, at that time where I'm like, ooh, let's not throw a wrench in the gears. But I, I also understand there is a cool element of improv. There's a great element of freestyle and just seeing what happens when mm -hmm. you both sign up for the moment. So, yeah, you've got one guy on the keys, one guy doing bass, and, you know, another another guy shredding the guitar, beautiful vocals. And so I just, when they were sound checking, that was the moment I decided. I'm like, we're going to do something. So I walked up to him and I said, hey, you're playing these keys. I like that uh, riff you're doing. Um, is there any way you guys could repeat that? And then do you have like a chorus in mind? And like on the spot, like he just <laughs> sang like four, four, like he just went off on. And I'm like, yeah, that'll work. And yeah. so and then like they did it once and then we adjusted the tempo. And then I jumped on another one of their songs on that second one. So that first one was special because it was very spur of the moment. I mean, almost mm -hmm. as, as freestyled as you could be. But I just I just thought of like a verse that I had I'd written and then I was like, no, I'm going to have to just make this up as I go. And, yeah. and so that was, you just really have to feel those moments out and just be ready to just go with what, what you're feeling in that moment. Yeah, yeah. What was, what was your, your biggest uh, takeaway moment from doing these events? Man, one... <sighs> One thing overall was just all of the personal conversations with the men after. Mm -hmm. For me, as someone who values the ministry that music can accomplish, I don't really believe a song that I've written is complete un until I have a personal conversation with someone about it. Mm. So I've always had this, this heart of like people over music where a lot of rappers, they would be content 
if their song sold a million records or whatnot. But and that would be great. I wouldn't be upset about that. Yeah. <laughs> but I've always had this motivation of like if someone comes to me and and expresses like how they felt and what moved them about my lyrics that's a that's a mission accomplished because i i crafted something and it hit someone so for me there was one moment where a guy came up and like you said that first day he was late and he he was kind of stressed and he's like man i missed like half of this and i shared something unique at every session so the thing that i shared that was unique this time was about my wife and I went off on biblical marriage, and I went off on Ephesians 5, and loving your wife like Christ loved the church. And the man that was late came up to me afterward, and he said, I wasn't late, I was right on time. Because when I arrived, you just all of a sudden started talking about your wife and marriage. And he said that uh, him and his wife had been separated for about 14 months, and he said it was all his fault. He said, I had mistreated my wife, and I disrespected her and she was gracious enough to give me time and then obviously I've, I've been locked up lately so he then told me we just celebrated eight years married and we're we're so happy with where our marriage is at and he said i'm so glad you shared publicly to these men because i've been trying to share publicly with these men on how to be faithful men in the lives of their wife and that for me really gave me a lot of hope because I'm like, wow, that man was encouraged by what I shared and how I rapped. But ultimately, that encounter was evidence that he was filled up and energized to keep being faithful to what God had called him to do long before, uh, like long after I'm gone. So the fact that I got to play a role that God was able to use me to kind of stoke that flame a little bit that for me just it there's there's nothing that can really compare to that because yeah. I, I understand that moment that i signed up for to step into and, and share all of it was worth it because i know that that man's marriage and his witness to those other men's marriage it has a ripple effect and to be able to be a just a part of that not even you know just lord you allowed me to play my role at that moment in that man's life and it it encouraged him and maybe that'll press him even more to, to share and to dig into yeah. just really is so rewarding when you can be a part of God's work and just identify, Hey, I'm one of the players in this game. <laughs> and so it just was so great. That's just such a great way to understand how ministry is really meant to be. Like we're all servants. We're all there to serve whatever capacity that is. Yeah. So I, I, I always say the phrase, like, I, I strive to be a servant, not a celebrity. And I, I really think there's value in that because then the focus is God and his glory and his work in the lives of people. And honestly, Paul, like, I haven't had that in my priorities all of the time when I've done music. And, yeah. and obviously the times that I've had that out of whack, it, it has not turned out to be good for really anyone you yeah. know overall so it's so rewarding when you get out of the way and let god work yeah uh any parting shots before we go yeah i would just i would just really encourage people with john three thirty that we must decrease that he might increase mm. and i really took that away from the, my time there with prison fellowship was lord i want to be empty simply so i can be full uh, uh, of you and your in your word 
And if you're in a situation where maybe you're nervous or anxious or doubtful about an opportunity that you have coming up, maybe you've been invited to share in some capacity, or maybe you have a stage with your coworker and you want to share with them, just understand that like God's not waiting for you to feel ready. He's not waiting for you to feel prepared or like you've got it. It's actually the opposite. And there's a really good quote that I live by that God isn't looking for our ability as much as he's looking for our availability. Mm. And that's always been at the core of my most successful moments of sharing Jesus with others. It's when I rely on God's ability and I offer him my abil- like availability. It's like, Lord, I'm here. And so I just would encourage anyone listening that if you're trying to share your faith with the world, really just lean in to those, to those truths. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for doing this. Uh, thanks for being outside here. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed this. And um, we'll be back on the other side with more show. Well, you know how it goes with us. Uh, I did these things out of order, out of sequence. Uh, the interview with Kyle was done a week ago uh, on the, the one on the side of the building. And then the one that we did together with a cleaner sound was done um, a week later. So anyhow, uh, I had forgotten that I was going to start with one and the other and didn't do my tags right. And welcome to year six, people. <laughs> it's still a mess. We're still making it into a message, but I just want to thank you for listening. Thanks especially to Kyle for doing the show, taking all the time to do all that, uh, the stuff that he does. Check out his music. Seriously, people, you know, this man uh, is, is trying to earn his keep and support a new family with um, with music. And the only way that we can do that is by buying music. So go out and buy some music. Don't just buy a subscription and listen to it. Actually go and buy the, the, his, his disc. I mean, it costs $8.91 for each of them. He's got three of them out there. Just, you know, spend some time with his music, spread the word, and uh, share the love. So thank you for being here. Don't forget, um, you can support our ministry by uh, texting the word MUM760. Wall CA, and that will get you to our text to give. We really appreciate all you do. Send me a, uh, an email at bowtieguy at mess it up podcast.com or text me 760-608-1942. And now for reals, we will see you next time. We mess it up. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.